Every woman has a relationship with Aunt Flo. That's the name the woman in my family gave her. Maybe yours did too. But what happens when that relationship gets complicated? What's your overreaction? Welcome to your safe space to wrestle, reconcile, relish, and rejoice in the complicated relationship we have with our reproductive health. It's storytelling with a side of science. You're now listening to Overreaction by Tanil Daniels. Hey, hey, it's your chief storyteller, Tanil Daniels here, and thank you for hanging with your girl for our weekly story time. Before we get into today's story, you know what time it is. This week, I am actually calling it the not-so-secret life of tea, otherwise known as life updates. Y'all, I could be super corny, but when I was coming up with the outline for this episode, the secret life of bees came to mind. I loved that book and movie so much. Me and my friends, we used to have a book club back in the day, and that was one of the books we read. Each member was responsible for putting together an event where we would discuss the book. And um, I can remember the one that we did for Secret Life of Bees. One of my friends put together this beautiful beekeeper's haven in her backyard. And that's where we experienced the Secret Life of Bees. It was amazing. I love my friend's creativity. Anyway, that was me digressing a bit. Back to the secret life or the not so secret life of tea. So this week I have a plot twist. I am stopping the story before it even starts. So you know it's going to be good. It is directly related to my life update for this week. God dropped a short word in my spirit the other day and I want to share it with you. So let me give you a little bit of backstory. Someone from my past had come back into my life recently and I wasn't exactly sure why, but I was open to finding out. Well, last week, this person made it clear that he was here for a brief assignment. I was disappointed, not so much in the outcome, but more so disappointed in the person. Anyway, every now and then I have a, I can't believe this ninja moment. And God said to me, he was here for a specific assignment and he wanted me to share this with you. Be obedient to the assignment. I don't know what your assignment is. I'm sure you probably do. But what I do know is that sometimes assignments are seasonal, meaning you have something you are supposed to do or accomplish over a season in your life. And sometimes the assignment is much more time bound. It can be monthly, weekly, or even a daily assignment. During a period of fasting, God was very clear with me as it related to this person. He said it was more about the process than the outcome and that I had to be obedient to what he wanted me to do. In this case, the assignment was more process oriented. God wanted me to be more committed to the assignment than the outcome. Y'all, that was big for me. He wanted me to be more committed to the assignment than the outcome. I'm going to share a little bit more of this story in a future episode, but, you know, I realized that if I had been more committed to the outcome than the assignment that God had put me on, I would have felt more hurt and angry by this person's actions than I really was. I feel like God rewarded my obedience to the assignment by giving me the comfort I needed to let the disappointment in this person roll off my back 
rather than sit on it. Because in the past, something like this would have sat on my back for a while and it would have prevented me from moving forward. So I want to say, whatever the assignment, be obedient to it. And as my girl Summer Theodore of Jesus Be Knowing says, slow obedience is disobedience. So I'm telling you, make sure you don't drag your feet. My hope is that my life lesson from this week will resonate with you in some way and that you will commit to being obedient to the assignment and not the outcome. All right, y'all, it's story time. So let me give you the quick Cliff Notes version of last week's episode entitled Lego. I had made the decision to freeze my eggs. I had surgery in June 2013 to prepare my body for the egg freezing process. And between the surgery, recovery, and prep, I finally started the process in November of 2013. Because of my diminished ovarian reserve, I wasn't sure what to expect in terms of the number of eggs I would get. As I shared on last week's episode, someone with a normal ovarian reserve at age 32, which I was at the time, and no other reproductive health challenges, on average could yield anywhere between 15 to 30 eggs per cycle. After my retrieval, I got a call that they were able to retrieve and successfully freeze three eggs. Three, y'all. Following that call from the nurse, I got a call from Dr. Marsh, who in so many words said, we got these three eggs. What are we going to do next? And that's where we'll pick up on today's episode. This chapter of my story is titled, Can I Get a Witness? I will admit that my feelings were a bit conflicted after I received the news that I had successfully retrieved three eggs. On one hand, I was grateful that I had three because three is more than zero. And as my good girlfriend Maddie said to me during this time, it only takes one to have a child. But on the other hand, I was sad and disappointed. 2013 was still very early in the whole egg cryopreservation movement, and even using thawed eggs and in vitro fertilization was in its infancy. So the thought, which still holds true today, is that you want as many eggs as possible to give yourself the best chance for success. My three was five times less than the low end of what the average number of eggs someone my age should expect. Five times less. I was mad at my body. Again, I felt like it was failing me. And to be honest, those feelings of inadequacy crept back in. After talking to Dr. Marsh, we decided that I would go through a second cycle of egg retrieval. And this time we would do some things a little bit different to try to prepare my body a bit more to respond to the medications, which would hopefully increase the number of eggs that could be retrieved. She then tells me that we need to wait a little while to proceed with the next cycle. That would give my body some time to recover from the cycle that I had just gone through and the hormones to flush out of my body, but that would, I would also need to get on some medication to help manage my endometriosis while I waited for the next cycle. 
If you remember, before the first cycle, I had an IUD in, which for me was not only a form of birth control, but it was also used to manage my endometriosis symptoms. So this time, I ended up going through a series of Lupron shots to try to minimize any ovarian cysts or endometriomas from developing prior to the next cycle. By the time me and my body were ready for the next cycle, it was towards the latter part of 2014. And you know I got a ground us in that year. Happy was the number one song of 2014 by Pharrell. Everybody was singing Happy. A few of my other favorites from 2014 are Dark Horse by Katy Perry. I like the one with Juicy J on the track. All of Me, which was like the wedding song of for a few years by John Legend had come out. Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars was hitting the streets and everybody was dancing to that. And then one of my all-time favorites, Drunk in Love by Beyonce and my boy Hove had come out. That was 2014. Before I could proceed with the cycle, I had to get all of the financial stuff worked out. I paid another $4,000 to Northwestern and stressed out a little bit about the medication coverage since I had recently gone through it and I wasn't sure if they would cover the medications again. But between insurance and donations from the clinic, we got it done. I began taking the medications, giving myself the shots, and going in for blood work and ultrasounds. This also meant that the anxiety-inducing afternoon calls from the nurses resumed. Initially, my body was responding, and we were tracking well. Then one day, instead of getting a call from the nurse, I get a call from Dr. Marsh. She says that based on the monitoring, she doesn't know if this cycle would yield any viable eggs for freezing based on how my body was responding. She said I had two options. I could cancel the cycle, or I could go through with the cycle and see what we get. Y'all, that broke my heart into pieces. I was devastated. As soon as I hung up the phone with Dr. Marsh, I called Maddie and I broke down. There are only so many people I will go full out ugly cry. Here is my broken heart laid out on the table and she is one of them. I told her what Dr. Marsh had said and in true Maddie fashion, she reminded me that God is a healer a restorer, a miracle worker, and that if I just had faith of a mustard seed, that was literally all I could muster up at that point, I would give God the ability to show up for me. The conversation then moved to, if you go through with this cycle, you could get none or you could get some, but I would never know if I didn't try. Dr. Marsh's point was that if I canceled the cycle, I would save on the cost of the additional medications and a portion of the $4,000 I had spent because I would not be going through the actual retrieval. After praying, talking to my mom, Maddie, and some of my other friends, I decided to let Dr. Marsh know that I would proceed. Those next several days were hell. I was praying, but I was also asking myself, Am I going through all this for no reason? It was a point in my life where I definitely had to rely on prayer, scripture, sermons, and songs for my strength. Retrieval day finally came, 
And I had been through the experience before, so I really wasn't that anxious. I was really more so ready to get it over with. I come into the hospital, I get prepped, and everything is happening like it did before. They give me a mild anesthesia. I'm assuming the same one that they had given me the last time, and I begin to fall into a stupor. Next thing I know, I begin to come out of this stupor state. But the only thing is, y'all, I'm still on the procedure table. I'm not conscious enough where I can feel everything or that I can move, but I can definitely hear everything that's going on. In my mind, I'm like, what's happening? Why am I able to hear everything that they're saying? And then minutes later, the procedure was over and I was headed to recovery. I don't remember if I told the nurses that I was not all the way under, but I ended up just going home and waiting for that call. Y'all, they called me the next day to tell me that this cycle had yielded four eggs. If you're keeping track, that is one more than the first cycle. I got one more than the first cycle on a cycle the doctor said I should cancel. Y'all, that ain't nothing but God. So after I did my praise dance, I called my mom and then I called Maddie to share with them the news. And then I sat down and began to reflect on all that happened. God said, daughter, I wanted you conscious enough so you could watch me work. Y'all, he wanted me to witness him working a miracle. When the science said no, God said yes. I modified that line from Made Away by Travis Green. Four plus three equals seven. Seven eggs are currently on ice in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Seven is a little less than half of the 15 I talked about earlier, but remember, it only takes one. Here I am, 33, with a seven-egg quasi-insurance policy, still single, still desiring marriage followed by motherhood, and that's where we'll continue our story next week. At my lowest point of this entire process, which was that call from Dr. Marsh suggesting I cancel the cycle, I mentioned to you all that it was scripture, sermons, and songs that got me through. So today's song of the episode will forever be a part of my story. Soon after I got that call from Dr. Marsh, I began to search for songs that would strengthen my faith that God could and would do the impossible. I came across I've Seen Him Do It by Kurt Carr and the Kurt Carr Singers. I got to give y'all a good chunk of this song because it is a whole word. No, I'm not going to sing, but let me share a little bit of it with you. Kurt starts out by saying, for someone facing incredible obstacles in your life, I want you to lean on God and trust his flawless record. He never fails. He can do the impossible. How do I know? I've seen him do it. And then the singers come in and they say, I have no doubt my God can do the impossible. I know he can. I've seen him do it. He can turn the mess you're in into an awesome miracle. I know he can. I've seen him do it. Whatever problem you've got, if you just give it to God, he'll work it out. How do I know? 
I've seen him do it. Y'all, I literally saw him do it on that procedure table. God wanted me to witness him do the impossible. And I can't do anything but say thank you, God. So please go take a listen to I've Seen Him Do It. It is the song that defines that part of my reproductive health journey. It's also the song that I share with other women going through their own fertility journey and struggles to encourage them and myself that God can do the impossible. And he is still in the miracle business, no matter what our eyes see or what the doctors say. All we have to do is have faith as small as a mustard seed and hold up our end of the deal. For me, that was making the decision that I was going to lean into my faith and not the science by moving forward with that second cycle. You can find the Overreaction Podcast playlist on Apple Music and Spotify. Y'all telling you this story today has given me a much needed push to lean into my faith in those areas that seem barren and fruitless right now in my life because he can do it. He can turn it around suddenly. Until next week, I love y'all. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Overreaction by Tanil Daniels. Love what you heard? Go ahead and subscribe, share, rate, and review. Also, I want to hear your overreaction. So head over to TanilDaniels.com and click the podcast tab to share yours. Remember, stand in your story, show up in the world.